0: James you know I was away recently and there was a good couple of films out that you've seen but I haven't so can you tell me what has been out Well the who done it's are really back Okay you know so I saw Bodies 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 right. which is a very modern who done it and then I saw See How They Run mm-hmm. which is like an old school but like very self-aware satire of the who done it right. We've got The Glass Onion coming out yes. with Daniel Craig What's the other who done that's coming We've got I just feel like they're back. They're trendy in their back. Even like the Batman was a kind of a bit the of a. Bat- <laughs> oh, and also of course, Death on the Nile and Murder on the yeah, Express. All the, all, the, all those reboots. So I'll start with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Cool. Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a film where we follow this character called B played by Maria Baklava, who I only know yes. from the sequel to Borat. <laughs> which I never watched, but she was given so much acclaim and praise. Yeah. She's, she's absolutely brilliant in it. She's at the she end has that nominated, scene think, with actually. Rudy Giuliani, which is like, you have to see it to believe okay, it. Okay, wow. Anyway, uh, Maria Baklava, uh, a character called B, is going out with Sophie, played by Amanda Stenberg. And Sophie is this uh, very rich uh, middle-class girl who has very rich uh, some sort of upper-middle-class friends. And she is going for what's called a storm party or like a storm sleepover at her friend David's house, played by Pete Davidson, Mm -hmm. who's also like very arrogant and rich. And um, they all go and they meet and there's sort of this, they they all sort of go there and this is a new girlfriend of hers. They've been going out for a couple of months and there's this immediately this this awkward tension. And there's people who didn't know certain people were coming. There's this character called Greg, played by Lee, Lee Pace, mm-hmm. who is dating. They're all sort of in their early 20s, yeah. who's dating one of their friends. And he's like this weird, almost Russell Brandian style of yeah. like cuckoo hippie, very spiritual. And they're all drinking a lot. They start doing cocaine. And one of them suggests that why don't we play the game Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? It's kind of like uh, an American version of Murderers in the Dark. Have you ever played that? No. And the way you play Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is everyone gives out, gets a piece of paper. And one of them has a red X on that piece of paper. And if you get the red X, you're the murderer. Mm. What happens is they turn all the lights off. They run around the house and the murderer is meant to tap someone on the shoulder and that person is then murdered. They're meant to fall to the ground and then when they discover the body, everyone yells, bodies, bodies, bodies. And then you have to figure out who the murderer is. Right. And one of the girls says, oh, can we not do this? Everyone always ends up getting upset and something goes wrong and we cry. Yeah. And of course, what happens in this film is they play a couple of rounds and after a couple of rounds, someone who was meant to get killed is murdered. Wow. And they start, you know, getting picked off and it's this modern day, who done it. <laughs> But what Bodies, Bodies, Bodies does, I'm just going to have to call it Bodies soon, because yeah, I can't, I can't, call I can't it bodies, do that. Yeah. What Bodies does is it holds up a very cynical mirror to the Gen Z millennial way of talking. Ah. And it, it, it is very much a look at the way in which we talk to each other and how destructive it is. And um, what, what I think is clever about Bodies is that it, it, it started, it, how, how the film opens is with the tapping of the phone yeah. tech. So that, yeah. Very good impression. Uh, thank you. And it's all about the way in which we talk to each other in this heavily, uh, Uh, edited and curated curated broken down tweet slash headline slash very like we're saying a lot but it's all reduced to this very like minimal sensationalist style and one of the things i think you always have to address in very modern films that deal with like a threat is how do you kill the smartphone Yes because the smartphone is such a problem solver for so many modern problems, yeah. and of course you have this storm which takes out the the ele- that takes out not just the cell service for the electricity but what it does is that it forces these people who are so used to interacting with, e- with each other online yes. that now they 're not distracted from their phones they're forced to actually look up at each other, engage yeah. and deal with a lot of very normal problems in this very modern way Brilliant. so the story you know, happens, and there's lots which I don't want to spoil because the whole part of this is, like, what happens and who does it. But what I think is smart and what I was enjoying in this film is how it's never about the tragedy of what has happened or what is happening. It's about how you're looking to be interpreting what's happening and what your reaction is. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of holding this... Like, there are loads of big ideas which you can deduce from this, like, very simple, like, sleepover gone wrong about, like, how terrible things happen in society. It's never about what happened versus like, I can't believe that's what you think about this. So like, oh my God, you're making this about you. You are so toxic. And there's all of these uh, very personal things that come up when they're faced with like a friend that's been murdered. And you almost can't believe how people are interacting. And like the language, again, it's it's very cynically against sort of this like uh, Gen Z way of talking. And if you've seen the trailer, it's really like poking fun at that. Um, the film whips along it's it's an hour 40 hour 30 minutes Brilliant. but it went it, it has the pacing and the structure almost of a short I remember it getting to the end and it's not that I felt like I'd only been in the cinema for 30 40 minutes because I'd been in there yeah. for an hour and a half but I felt like wow like this is just it started and yeah. it and it and it ended um so all the, all the power goes out and it has this really interesting look and feel because there's no lighting in the house. So everyone, like teenagers do, uses the light of their phone torch yeah. to light the film. And I actually think it's kind of scary because there's not a lot of light. But it creates this really interesting look and feel, like an aesthetic. Something. Yeah, it's like it's it's lit by the iPhone torch, yeah. which is quite like an interesting way to like light your movie and discuss it. Um, like I said, all of those ideas are there, and I think they're they're really cool. And towards the end of it, there's like a central mystery that yeah. did or didn't happen where I'm like, oh my God, I really want to know what happened. And I thought the ending fell really flat. Uh, like the very last part of it, yeah. I thought, oh, you were doing something really different and yeah. interesting and you're twisting like the murder mystery slash who's yeah. behind it all. And you have sort of um, either like decided not to follow through on your original plan right. and you kind of just left me on a bit of a bum note. So I was really enjoying myself yeah. and I got to the very end and I was like, ah, okay. uh, okay. It's a shame they couldn't get that. Killer twist, yeah, and um, I think I think Pete Davidson is is really good in it, and yeah. I just like, like Lee Pace is this really odd odd presence. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you mention him because I, I I I haven't seen Bodies Bodies Bodies. You've definitely sold it to me, even okay. though I was going to go anyway. But I'm yeah. really excited to see it now. The cast, this is what also intrigued me. Yeah. So I like Lee Pace. You know, I've talked to you many times before about that show that no one watched that I did called Halton Catch Fire. Yes, right? Yeah. He yeah. was the lead in that. And, and he was fantastic. And I was always like, oh, Lee Pace. And, you know, he was in like the Hobbit films yeah. and, and Garnies of the Randall. Galaxy. But I was like, you know, when's when's Lee Pace going to come through and do I something else mean, now? Yeah. Um, so great that he's in this and also in this, not like a very serious, you know, slightly yeah. different role. Pete Davidson is one of those actors and one of those screen presences that I would not, that I think, I would, f- I'm surprised I don't find annoying. Yeah, unless he's deliberately playing it annoying, but like, you know, King of Staten Island and who he is, I look he at- He purposely and- annoying characters, but it's not. But it's it not, it's yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm like, I'm amazed that I don't find Pete Davis annoying. I mm. find him quite charming and quite funny in his yeah. own like relaxed kind of cool way. Yeah. So I'm all interested in that. Uh, and sorry, one other person in it as well. Um, there's a there's an actress in it called Rachel Senna, I think. Yes, called... plays a character called Alice. He's right. also very good in it. Yes, she was in this film that came out last year called Shiver Baby, which is about 79 minutes long. Okay. Like that's a really whip from... Again, that's, another, yeah. that's an A24 film, which is, I think this is too as well. Yeah. Right? A24, just, you know, the indie kings. And um, Shiver Baby is a really interesting, like uh, bottleneck film, which is all basically all set at this Shiver um, very Jewish, uh, well, only Jewish environment yeah, yeah. in in New York, and it, it's this claustrophobic environment in which, you know, she's got secrets. People think she's studying something, but she's not. She's actually been sleeping with someone right. who sort of maybe turns up, and then and 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 it's it, and it, the, the music's like, uh, right. Yeah. And do you know who's in it? Also, is very good? Um, I know this is a massive tangent. Yeah. In Shiver Baby is Diane Agron from who's Glee. That? Do you remember? Um, uh, she played Quinn. Yes, Quinn yes. Okay. Yeah. She turns up in Shiver Baby, and All she right. is really good in it. Okay. Oh, cool. Um. Anyway, that was a nice, interesting film. And then, so I seen this one that she's in this as well. Yeah. and I was like, great. The, to, uh, as you said, like the actors in this are all like wonderfully unlikable and really flawed which is like quite refreshing like everyone is just like some of them are really toxic and they react really badly to like the things that that are happening and it has this interesting dynamic about uh class and about you know uh, middle class drug use versus uh lower class drug use and and the different role that that plays and sophie the one of the main characters is someone who basically had this very shady past and she had been to rehab and you know she sort of had loads of of her mum's money and sort of spent it all on coke and blah, blah, blah. But her friends are also like using cocaine in front of her and there's mm. that like different dynamic that Sophie is black and it's like this different expectation of what it means to be white and taking drugs mm. versus black and taking drugs. It, it dips its toe in lots of, lots of interesting places and it's like coming out of it, I could easily sit with you after you've seen it and talk about like loads of different yeah. intellectual discussions which I've picked up today. But I feel like because the ending never really comes to address any of that. <laughs> it really. slightly invalidates a lot of its message. I love I love the way in which no, it, it's know, holding but... the mirror, but the ending to me just felt a little bit, uh, I it guess there's me... not that much to, to read into it, but what I enjoyed in the middle was really, yeah. was really great. In a kind of roundabout way, it makes me very sympathetic to filmmakers because it's like you can put everything together and But it's such a tightrope walk because yeah. if you don't get that last bit, that ending, the thing that people are going to walk out in the cinema with, yeah. they're going to ultimately feel like they've come out of the, uh, spending 90 minutes of their life with lots of baggage instead yes. of one conceivable idea and it doesn't throw it in your face but um like like those things but i'd say uh it's a great sleepover film because it is like if you are you know young and you want a film to watch with like a bunch of friends with a few drinks like that's right up your street and it's good I'll go watch it and we can do a bit more of a discussion yeah that'd be about fun it. to just to dissect the ending a bit and I'd love to hear uh, other people's impressions on, on the film as well because I think uh, I remember I went to buy the ticket uh, the guy was like what are you seeing today and I said bodies 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 and he said oh it's been very popular lots of people wanted to see it which is interesting to hear well there you go bodies 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 James, I love Saoirse Ronan. I love Sam Rockwell. They're in a film together out right now called See How They Run. I haven't seen it. You have. What's going on? It's another whodunit of the many whodunits that are out and are coming out. Uh, Yeah, See How They Run is um, directed by a guy called Tom George, who uh, you might know for being a part of creating This Country with Charlie Cooper and Daisy May Cooper, which was a very sort of um, mockumentary style, very dry comedy documentary about uh these small towns and how they're sort of being marginalized and like sort of ever so slightly lost from the main country it's got these two characters and charlie cooper is a small character in this um but this is a sort of i'd say like a big step up from that this is like a, a 1950s very uh Wes Anderson-esque whodunit. Right. And the funny thing about this film is that it is it's a very self-aware whodunit. So it's, it's set in the 50s and it is about the Agatha Christie play, The Mousetrap, right. and how, uh, if, you, if you don't know, The Mousetrap is a long-running yeah. uh, play that's still, still been going. Yeah, 70 years. 70 years. And like one of the things, this film's like, will they ever not be showing this, <laughs> this? This, And of course, if you know, it's... Um, it's have it's you there. ever seen it? Sorry, I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, me so too. in the actual theatre in London, where they shoot a lot of the sort of rehearsals and scenes. I've actually seen it in that theatre yes. where it famously plays, which is really cool. I have to say, I don't remember. I didn't remember that much about the Mousetrap going in, but I was, so I was kind of trying to yeah. jog my memory when it's done. It. Do they reveal the ending of the Mousetrap in the film? Um, yes. So, ah, really, okay. You, you, you oh, all- which I, I, I remember who who done it. Who done it? <laughs> who, who done it. Um, and so, where you find yourself is. Adrian Brody, who is doing this voiceover in the beginning, and he's talking all about who done it. Yeah. And the thing about a who done it whodunit, is the most unlikable character always yeah. gets knocked off in the first five minutes, yeah. and that is him. And he's like. Shit, must be me. Oh, well, it had to be somebody. And so it's about uh, Adrian Brody, who's a movie producer, and he is basically going to make a movie adaption of The Mousetrap, much to the dismay of the screenwriter played by David owello and these other characters, and he is completely drunk, and he is being, like, the most annoying person at the party. And he goes off to a costume room, and he gets murdered in the opening five minutes. But the, what, the, what the film does is it goes in a series of flashbacks to what Agent Brody was trying yeah. to do. And it shows the, the the structure of how they were trying to, of what makes a good whodunit. And no, no, you can't do that. You got you got to engage them from the get-go. And there's this moment with David E. Yellow when he's talking about the structure of their script. And he's like, flashbacks? You can't have a flashback in a whodunit. It's so lazy and just such a boring yeah. way to tell your story. And you realize you're watching a flashback yeah, yeah. in your whodunit. So you can tell that the director is having loads of fun creating a whodunit set around a famous whodunit and referencing like whether or not like good whodunits are are good or not. Very matter. Enter uh, Sam Rockwell, who plays the drunk and mumbling detective Stoppard, who's doing a a very good English accent, but it sounds like a slightly less drunk Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates. Ah, he's sort of like talking a bit like this. And, well, Constable, we've got to go over there. Um, and he, he, you know, he is good, but he's almost like mumbling his way through, through the film. And um, he, he discovers that uh, this, this person who has been murdered is around a bunch of suspects who all have a motive for who could have done it. And these are like cast members, script writers. So the actual cast in the mousetrap yeah. and the people around this are all essentially suspects to, uh, to, to this murder. And then you've got Sersha Ronan as Constable Stalker, who is basically like fresh out of the academy, yeah. who just wants to learn and absorb everything. And she is like got this notebook and she writes everything in this notebook and because she's just like constantly taking notes of what someone says you're almost like as an audience member doing the same thing yeah. that she does because she's doing it there's a moment where stop it is like do you uh, do you write everything in your notebook and she's like only what's significant and important he's like how do you know what's significant and important she's like well i just write it all down and then it becomes important later <laughs> and he's like so you do write everything down in that notebook and it has this slightly elevated comedy style where you know um stop hard and 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 uh and uh, stalker, stalker, are in the office with the, with the with the with the detective and the tech tips like constable, stopper, art, stop art, detective, yeah. detective, stalker, yeah. stalker, it it, yeah. and they're like back and forth. It's like very larger in life. And a little bit, quite farcical. Yeah, and um, it's really in- it's really enjoyable. I think there were certain parts of it where I wanted a little bit more aha to be revealed towards the end of it. I have said that a few times in reviews now, yeah. but I think when there's a mystery, I've not been like that. Yeah. surprised by, by what's happened. But Sir Ronan, man, I, I think it's her eyes and just like how, how charming, she has this um, small town charm to her yeah. where she really wonderfully contrasts Sam Rockwell's character in like, co- like being his like, uh, companion in trying yeah. to figure out what happened. I think, I think the film is a really good time, but I, I don't think... I'm going to be thinking about it for that much longer after nice. after this week. I think I did say that to you yeah. last week. You are like, how is it? And I was like, it's good. But I think at the end of the year when we talk about our favourite films, I'm not sure I'll remember it that well. It's a lot of fun. It does a lot of um, interesting things with its camera where it gives you, it splits the screen in half and it shows you two sides of the same scene. Right. And it creates this almost like multiple perspective um, cut of a scene. You can tell they've actually shot it twice because that camera is where the camera would be, but there's no yeah. camera in shot. Um it's good. I'd be interested to to hear your opinion because you're much more of a fan of Who Done It, and right. you're is that is that fair to say? I think so. I think it's more that I watched a lot when I was younger. Fine, I watched yeah. a lot of Poirot, and and I didn't really warm to Knives Out as a result of that. As I so think. I would say like all the references to like the very structure of a Who Done It, yeah. and like the very meta concept that it really like enjoys is really good fun and it's such it's also a massive love letter to the theater and like the way in which it shoots around and and, and the costumes so i would say go see it but i'm not like oh my god see how they run is the best thing but it sounds better than a Sunday afternoon with a cup of tea—is it better than that? Go see it in cinema if you're into it. Yeah. It's a nice, i i have said a lot of the times it's probably fine for uh, a, a watch when it comes out yeah, on TV. Sorry. I think like if you—if you're up for a really good time at the cinema, this is this won't disappoint. Okay, great, thank uh, you, no worries. And uh, sorry, and just. Um, Sam Rockwell Sam Rockwell, and Saoirse Ronan are just, like, consistently excellent actors, yeah. which I'll always be happy to turn up for. And also, uh, Adrian Brody's back. Adrian Brody's back. He's is, isn't he? That's why the Wes... It's like Saoirse Ronan and Adrian Brody just got yes. the Wes Anderson in my mind, it's and the style Budapest, is... Yeah. It has those, like, little elements of symmetry, and the co- it's very, like, are colourfully you, old-fashioned. Are you looking forward to seeing what this director does next?
1: Yes. Based on this? they yes. made this debut...
0: It, it was definitely, like, a big step into a new frontier. That sounds really condescending, but, like, This Country was such a different... It was a massive hit. More, Did you watch it? Yeah, yeah, I like This Country. Oh, was it good? I saw two series of it. I think I think Charlie May Cooper, Charlie Cooper and Daisy May Cooper are so funny. Yeah. And there's there's certain scenes, like, there's one episode of This Country where they have both bought, one of them's bought chicken nuggets, the other one's bought an oven pizza, and they're having a fight over who gets to put their meal in the top shelf of the oven, and they're just, like, yeah. it, it's so brilliant, because it's, like, the kind of crap that only sips have ever yeah. thought about, but yeah. they're like so brilliantly realised characters, and like I think th- those people are from the Cotswolds, and they get what yeah. it's like to be in these like those small town things. So that that I found really funny. Like the comedy style is not the same, right. but yeah, I, I like I feel very like sort of fairly lukewarm on it. It's a good time, but I'm not Luke, lukewarm. Okay, so like yeah, good. Yeah, good. Maybe lukewarm's the wrong thing. I feel I feel good about it. I'm not yeah. like blown away. It's a good, a really nice time. around and continue wrong. <laughs>